Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. Hallelujah. Whoa, hallelujah. Mm. How many was here last week? Y'all better come back next week because I'm getting an upgrade. Miss Jones working on me an actual coat of many colors made up of remnants. I can't wait to get it, y'all. Woo. Mm. I don't care what I look like. Hallelujah. My God, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, I don't ask you to pray and anoint the word. It's already anointed, but I'm asking you to anoint me today and anoint the ears of the hearts and the minds of the people that's in this house today, that God, that they would receive what you have downloaded into my spirit, that God, today lives would be changed, families would be restored, marriages would be healed, bodies would be healed, minds would be made clear. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now either somebody up here is dancing with a bunch of glitter all over them or that's something falling from heaven. We done turned in one of them churches. Because they shiny glitter everywhere. Charlotte, is that you? Where are you at? I'm just, I'm just thinking it might be Charlotte. I don't know why. We are in part two of a series today and I got to get right into it today. It's called the remnant mantle. Somebody say, I am remnant. Mm, see, see, it's one thing for you to say, I'm a part of the remnant. But you can't be a part of the remnant unless you see yourself as remnant. The remnant is made up of remnants. And the coat and the mantle is made up of individual throwaway pieces. Are you hearing me? That's what a remnant is. That's why last week, my God, it was powerful. I just started scattering remnants all over the stage. Because these are pieces that were cut off. They represent garments that other people are wearing now. That's fully intact. That are hanging in closets. That somebody made for them. Some of y'all just an old bag. all I will say. Now, I didn't say an old hag. But the coat of many colors was not made up of strips that was perfectly dipped in dye and put through a manufacturer and sitting at a singer uh, sewing machine and sewed together with a pattern. Didn't have that in the desert. This was a daddy. Daddy wanted to make something special for his son. So he took the pieces that was left over from all the other stuff and the garments that people were wearing and the things that they had made that were rags, that were dipped in, that were dirty and musty and thrown away. He sewed them together. They all became one jacket, one coat, what they called a tunic. It was made up not just of many colors. The many colors came from the many pieces of the remnant. 
This remnant has people of every color in it. I thought I'd get more than five people say amen. It's nothing special. I don't think we would tell the story. Thousands of years later, preachers have preached it millions of times over thousands of years of the, having the story in our hand. We probably wouldn't have preached the, this story if it had been called the coat of white, the coat of black, the coat of brown, the coat of red, the coat of yellow. I ain't got nothing, I ain't got a problem with any of them coats. I got, I got black coats. I, I thought I had a white coat. I ain't got no white coat. I got some black coats, I got some brown coats, I got a red coat, roll tie. I even got, I even got an orange coat. I don't know how that happened. Maybe the Lord's just trying to cause me to pray for those that need grace. I don't know. But the reason we tell this story, the reason it's so powerful, the reason it jumped out, the reason he was recognizable from a distance is that it wasn't a coat, it wasn't a covering that looked like everybody else. It stood out. It was something different. Caused every eye to turn. Let me tell you something. If, we, if we're going to reach this generation, we can't reach him with the same thing that we've been doing for the last 20 years. The things that we've been doing for the last 20 years has, has what's run them off. Because when you look at the code of the church and the code of the world, they look the same. There ought to be something different about what the mantle is wearing, what the remnant is wearing. Matthew chapter 7 is our theme verse. Verse 21 says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. In other words, I hate to bring it to you, but not everybody that's in church is going to make it. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Not everybody standing behind a pulpit is going to make it. No, you're not the angel. The devil himself can be transformed into an angel of light. If you're trying to tell me that Mary wasn't a virgin when Jesus was born, you ain't a preacher. You try to tell me the word of God is imperfect, full of mistakes, it cannot be taken literal, you need to go get a new job because you ain't a preacher. See, it helps when we smile when I say that stuff. How many knows that's fact? If you don't believe the Bible is true, what in the world are you doing in the pulpit? Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Listen, you who practice lawlessness. You who live out a life opposite of my word. Oh, you can say, in the name of Jesus, come out. In the name of Jesus, powerful. But if you ain't living for God, you ain't got the authority to carry his name. You'll be like the sons of Sceva when they met, met that demon-possessed man and said, I'm going to tell you, I've watched Paul do this. I've watched all these others do it. So I'm telling you, the same God that Paul preaches, the same God that, that pre Peter preaches, I'm telling you right now, in the name of that God, come out. 
a, de a devil responded, opened up the mouth of the person that was demon possessed and spoke through it and said, let me just tell you something before we go any further with this conversation. That Paul you just mentioned, I know him. That Jesus that you just said that Paul preaches, oh, I know him. But you need to understand anything before we go any further. You're about to find out what this means. I know Paul and I know Jesus, but I do not know you. And when a demon don't know you, that means you ain't mess with him. I, let me tell you something. I said this for years. I'm going to say it again today. Every Christian's name is known in heaven, but not every Christian's name is known in hell. You didn't get it. I've the purpose to live my life to be known in hell. I want hell to know I woke up. I want hell to know I got a microphone in my hand. I want hell to know when I get down on my knees. I want hell to know that I ain't dead, I'm still alive. The reason I want hell to know it is because I'm about to raise hell. R-A-Z-E. Before some of y'all freak out. Raise means to tear down. Somebody like, oh, I was with him, but now I'm leaving. The remnant, say this with me, the remnant is not coming. It's here. The remnant is not getting ready. They're ready. 17-year-old boy named Joseph. His daddy put a coat on him. God had given him a two different dreams. The coat represented the dream. He put the coat on in the natural to represent what God had told him in the spirit. And at 17 years old, when he put the coat on him, his brothers hated him when they saw the coat. They said, we, got, we can't do this. We got to get out of here. We go on, Dad. And his dad said, yeah, go on down to my sheep in Shechem and take care of them. Joe's going to stay here with me. So he sends his brothers out to Shechem to take care of his sheep. And he looks at Joseph. He says, here, that coat looks good on you, son. But I got a job for you. After his brothers have been gone for a while, he said, I need you to go, and I need you to go get everything ready. Go pack you a lunch. Get everything ready. And when you're ready to go, come back to me and tell me that you're ready to go, and I'm going to send you somewhere. And without hesitation, I love it in Scripture, Joseph said, I'm ready. Because how many knows when you got the mantle of the favor of God and you got the remnant mantle and you got the favor of God from the dreams and the favor of man, his father in the natural, when you know you got the favor of your heavenly father and the favor, my God, of your earthly father and you got favor in the eyes of God and man, there ain't nothing else you need to do to get ready. Hey, listen, I believe in prayer, but I'm telling you right now, some of y'all been praying about doing something for God for 20 years. You done prayed enough. You don't need to pray anymore. Let me just go ahead and give you a revelation. Come on. I ain't God don't claim to be. God don't claim to be the voice of God. But I can tell you what the word of God says. Work while it's day because the night's coming when no man can work. Life is but a vapor. It appears for a moment and vanishes away. What are you waiting on? You need to get off the bench and get in the game. Is this microphone working? Right, here we go. You ready? I don't know if you're ready. So I'm going to step on some toes and some devils today. We pick the story up after he said, I'm ready. In verse 12, chapter 37, Genesis. You like that, don't you, Delane? Chapter 37. Then, that's an inside thing, y'all. 
Ask him about it. He got some stuff he can tell you. Then his brothers went to feed, watch this, their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel, Jacob said to Joseph, are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And he said to him, here I am. Then he said to him, please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks and bring back word to me. So he went to them out of the valley of Hebron and he went to Shechem. Everybody say Shechem. Now a certain man, I love this, found him, Joseph. There he was, just wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, what are you seeking? Asked this to Joseph. 17-year-old boy. And Joseph said, I am seeking my brothers. Mm. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, they have departed from here. For I have heard them say, let us go to South Alabama. Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Woo. About to get in some stuff, y'all. And by the way, this coat is very hot. Ravishing? Thank you. I will give you a little Debbie snack cake after church. See, watch this. If you're taking notes, it's a real good place to do it. Jacob had given his sons, not Joseph, his sons, very specific instructions. When they left the house, Dothan was never mentioned. He said, I need you to go and feed my flock in Shechem. Are y'all hearing me? Shechem in the Hebrew means and is defined as the back of the shoulder. He, was, he told his sons to go to a place where they would carry something or carry someone that they didn't really even have a connection with. Because the sheep were not the brother's sheep. The sheep was specifically said to be the sheep of Jacob. So God said in his word, in the story, the Jacob, of course, Israel, representing the father, the favor, and all the things, types and shadows. So here he is representing the earth, on the earth the father which is in heaven, and he gives his brothers, Joseph's brothers, his, J Jacob's sons, very specific instructions. I am appointing you to shepherd, feed, and take care of my sheep. Do you understand? That's the same command that is given by God to fivefold ministry gifts. When He puts you into ministry, He calls you to feed, water, and protect sheep that do not belong to you. You have very specific instructions. God said, go into all the world. It wasn't a great suggestion. It was a great command, commission. 
He has told us to carry something on our shoulder. Watch this. Before you think you know where I'm going, not the heaviness of the weight of the moment. He said, if you'll do what I'm telling you to do, I'll take you to a place where you will carry something, where you will wear something that is not yours. Not only will you not take care of sheep that belong to you, you'll take care of my sheep. I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice and I have a cloak that I wear. It's I call it in the New Testament the armor of God. I will put something on you, on your shoulders. I will put a mantle on your shoulders and on your back. That's where the mantle was worn. That's where the prayer shawl was worn. Around the shoulders and the back. I will take you to a place where I will, where you, you may think that it looks insurmountable. The odds may, the, the elements may not uh, suffice to feed and shepherd and take care of the sheep. But you don't need to worry about that. You just need to be obedient to the command. Just go to Shechem and feed my sheep. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Jesus has showed himself in resurrected form for 40 days. And showed himself that he was alive and came back from the tomb. Just before he walked up the mountain to ascend to heaven, he sat down and had a meal with his disciples. He sat across and he looked across at the one that would be known as his chosen one. The one that he would have said not long before that, Peter, you are the rock. And upon this rock I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. On what? Not on man. The church was not built on man. The church was built on the confession of that man. That he is the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. He said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my father which is in heaven. You just got a revelation of the mandate. But of course, we know he denied him three times. Cursed the last time he denied him. He was walking in shame and guilt. And Jesus knew that. And Jesus sitting there, around that campfire, right towards the end of the 40 days when he would show himself. And he says, Peter, I'm gonna ask you a question. Do you love me? Peter said, of course I love you. I've walked away from everything for you. I quit my business for you. My family has forsaken me because of the decision that I made to follow you. What kind of question is that? Well, then feed my sheep. Are you hearing me, church? How many of God didn't change from the Old Testament to the New Testament? He just brought, he just became flesh and bridged the gap. He's always desired a shepherd to shepherd his sheep. Woo, y'all didn't hear me. Feed my sheep. Well, okay, okay, I got you. Feed your sheep. Got it, noted. Peter, let me ask you another question. Do you love me? Deja vu. Wait a minute. Didn't you just ask me that? Well, I told, I'll tell you the same thing I just told you again. Of course I love you, Lord. You know I love you. Well, then go out there and find the lambs, pick them up and love on them and feed them and take care of them. Okay, okay, I got you, God. He's still sitting there going, what's going on? Peter's sitting there going, what's going on? What's going on? Why does he keep asking me this? And his mind is still thinking about, man, but I, I denied him three times. He didn't ask me twice if I love him. Denied him three times. Oh, one more time, I'll ask you something else. Uh, do you love me? Third time. I, I, I don't know if this is the reason, but how cool is it that he asked him three times and it covered up all three times that he denied him. And he said, he said, listen, 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 I'm not here to put past judgment on you. I just want to ask you one thing. Do you love me? 
What do you mean you want to ask for one thing? Of course, Lord. And he began to weep. And he saw something break inside of Peter. He said, God, my Lord, I love you. And then he didn't ask him again. Because at that moment, he realized Peter got it. Peter understood this was not about him. The ministry is not about you. Your mantle, your anointing, your fire, your preaching ability, your style, your talent was never meant to be about you. It was always meant to feed, to clothe, to shepherd, to raise, to encourage, to inspire, to equip his sheep in shackle. Just a few days later, he's standing in an upper room and fire fell on top of 119 others beside himself and they start dancing in the Holy Ghost and it was Peter that stood up in boldness. These men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which the prophet Joel spoke of, that in the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Watch this. Your old men shall see dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Can I tell you something right now? My God, when I think about Joel chapter 2, when I think about Acts chapter 2, I think about Joseph. Because when the mantle comes on you, it reminds you of the dream. You can't forget what God told you. When you're walking in the obedience of God, you can't forget what God told you. It will bring things back into your remembrance. Your old men are dream dreams. What does that mean? That means they'll long for things that they thought were gone. Your young men shall see visions. We got some young folk in here that's on fire for God. They're seeing things that nobody else can see. They're hearing things that nobody else can hear. Woo. I'm trying to preach. Roman number two. All that was one. Somebody said, I got instructions. See, you mess up when you start trying to figure it out on your own. When they got to Shechem, they, they arrived with a spirit of offense. They didn't show up in the right spirit. They went only because they was told to go. And the whole time they were there, they were steaming and fuming about the coat and the dream. So when you when you are in a called position, a mandated position, and God puts people in your life that he wants you to impact, you will never impact them if you are living and walking in a spirit of offense. Never. You will never finish the assignment because you will always want to make it about you, not the sheep. So when he gets there, watch this. He goes, because Joseph is a man who obeys God. He, he didn't do, he wasn't arriving in Shechem out of force. He was arriving in Shechem out of obedience. He wasn't going because he was told to. He was going because no matter how his brothers felt about him, he still loved his brothers. He wanted to make sure his brothers were okay. He was taking them a meal. So when he gets to the place that he expects them to be, 
they're gone. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. So he doesn't watch. Oh, y'all, I need, I, need, I need about three more hours just to preach today because this is revelation, y'all. Notice Joseph, when he gets there, not only is his brothers not in Shechem, but all of his father's sheep are gone. Now, most people would either think they were in the wrong place. Google got it wrong. How many, how many knows? Google Maps is pretty good, but sometimes it ain't real good. Sometimes they take you down an alley and you'd be like, what in the world are you doing? And then all of a sudden you just turn that thing off and you say, oh, I'm going to do like my daddy. I'm just going to wing this thing. And that don't end up good. Watch this. Most people would have said, well, my brothers are not here. The sheep are not here. I need to just leave here and go try to find them. Now, Joseph understood that no matter what it looks like, you ain't supposed to move until you have a word that it's time to move. So he's just walking around in Shechem. He's walking around just looking. Because he, he, for, for the life of him, he can't believe that his brothers would not be where their daddy told them to be. So this guy who nobody knows his name shows up and says, son, what are you doing, man? What's, what's a boy like you just walking in circles in the middle of the desert? I'm looking for my brothers. They're supposed to be here. And all my father's sheep, they're supposed to be taken care of. You have any idea where they could be? He says, oh, yeah. I was here earlier. And I heard them talking. And one of them said, let's get out of here. Let's go down to Dothan. Are y'all hearing me? So, Joseph then realizes my mandate from my father was to come to Shechem to find my brothers. But my ultimate mandate was to find my brothers. Because the, the command from my father was not just go find my brothers, go find my brothers, find out how they're doing because his daddy was worried about it because they left mad and come back and give me a report. We could, he wasn't going to go back and, to, with the report. I went to Shechem and they weren't there. Joseph said, no, I'm not going back till I find my brothers. So when the man told him he went to Dothan, he obeyed the command of his father to find his brothers and he went to Dothan. Now here's something interesting that you got to get in your spirit because man, this is some deep stuff here. Let us go to Dothan. Now their assignment was to be in, in Shechem but they went to Dothan. Well, here's what you need to understand. It, Shechem means to carry something on your shoulders and your back. The mantle. Everything they needed was in Shechem. But when you are in disobedience and offense and brokenness and hurt, and quite frankly, if I could just make it real, church hurt is one of the hardest hurts to get over. Your coworker can hurt your feelings and y'all work it out and work together. I mean, the fact is, people that you know in your life would do you 10 times more wrong than what somebody else did in the church. But you will never go back to church again. And blame somebody for something. The truth is, a lot of times, they didn't even know they even did it. And they done moved on with their life and you wasted your whole life worrying about somebody, about somebody that ain't even thinking about you. All right, here we go. 11.22, if you're taking medicine, take that pill right now. Don't miss it. 
They had everything they needed in Shechem. But they decided to go to Dothan. Why did they go to Dothan? Because the name Dothan means the place of two wells. Dothan was also famous for the fact that it was the town where Elisha lived. Dothan, the valley of Dothan were the two wells, the two famous wells that were known to feed and nourish travelers from all over the region were, was also the place of the famous story when Elisha's sleeping in the tent and his assistant is out front and his assistant comes in and says, we're surrounded by the Syrian army. We're outnumbered. They're gonna kill us. And, and watch this. Elisha steps out of the tent right there in the valley of Dothan and says, God, open his eyes. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God opens the eyes of his, of his armor bearer and he sees thousands of angels with flaming swords surrounding them to protect them. Dothan was a place of double portion. Dothan was a place of two wells. It was historically awesome for people to go because they'd go and they'd tell the story and they'd, they'd, they'd walk it out of the two wells. Later on, they would tell that story. It would become a great story that even to this day, we still talk about. What do you want? What do you want? I want, I want a double portion, Elijah, of your anointing. That would become the place. But right now, it was famous for one thing, actually two things, two wells. So what does this tell me? The fact that they said, let us go to Dothan and leave Shechem is when they were in Shechem and the instructions was from their father to feed and nourish their sheep, they had ran out of water. So they said, we gotta go to a place where there's always water. Dothan. How many know sometimes you'll feel like you've run out of water, but the truth is you've run out of your water. Oh, you didn't hear me. See, while you're looking for God to provide something for you in the natural, God said it's already in your belly. Out of your belly <laughs> shall flow rivers of living water. The power of life and death is in your tongue. You can call those things that are not as though they were. When you are wearing the remnant mantle, when you have got the covering of God on your life, you don't need to seek out man's well. You've already got one in Shechem. Stand your ground and speak. But no, 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 no. When, you are, when you're not in the right place with God, you'll try to help God out. That's what Sarah did, right? Sarah got a promise she was gonna have a son and it didn't happen on her timeline. So she did something that I guarantee no woman's ever done since. Hey, honey, I've been thinking about this thing. You know I love you. You know I'm, I'm the one for you. I know you tell me I'm the one for you, but it ain't working. So, you know that pretty little thing that's coming in here sometimes uh, washes the dishes and all that and takes care of us? Yeah, I'm, I've noticed, I've noticed. I bet you have. No. That's what most women would be like. No. And he's like, yeah, he, no, this, this way Abraham says, I, I really have no idea who you're talking about. She works here? 
Oh, 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 you, oh, you're just talking about that, that old comely looking, rough looking girl. Okay, yeah, the help, the, 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 the assistant, the one that's washing the dish. Oh, yeah, I know you're talking about, I know you're talking about. No, 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 no. No, here's my idea. I think what God really meant was as long as you have a kid from somebody in the house, it's your kid. So why don't you, y'all go down and watch a movie. Don't take me down that road again, y'all. See, they won't ever let me live that down because I kept hearing that term and I did not know what it meant. I literally thought it meant let's watch Netflix and just chill out. So I said it like 10 times, y'all. What y'all need to do is just calm down, go home, Netflix and chill. Everybody just starts dying laughing at me. Find out later. It's not what I thought it was. I was innocent. So... God came back on the scene and said, that ain't what I meant. See, sometimes God will cause us to have to wait way beyond what seems possible so that no one will get the praise but him. Because it's in our nature. It's in our nature that if we get the miracle based on human treatment, Humans, ain't nothing wrong with human treatment, but the truth is, most of the time, we'll give it more credit than we do God. I got to hurry, y'all. Joseph found his brothers in Dothan. But watch this. They got to Dothan, hoping to do it their way, to feed and hydrate the sheep because of the two wells that were in Dothan. And that's all there was there. It's only two wells. But when they got to the wells, at the very least, we know that one of them, and if one of them was, chances are both of them were, was completely dry. Not a drop of water. It was known throughout the land that if you ever need water, go to Dothan. But on that day, the wells were dry. See, let me tell you something. When you go and you lead the sheep away from the will of God, listen to me, preachers of the gospel. You will stand before God because you are leading sheep away from the pastures that he sent them to. And if they dry up and they die because you led them to a place of rebellion, you will answer to God for that. Five people got it. It's a heavy responsibility when you say, yes, Lord. Now watch this. Got to get this. I'm almost through. So in a distance, this was a plain. This was a wilderness. This was a desert. He's on his way to Dothan. It's dusty. Wind is blowing. Heat. It's rising, causing everything to look distorted. And they see this figure, this little tiny figure of what they think is a man coming. And it's custom, Eastern, Eastern custom, customary for them to always greet and highly respect the visitor. So I can see them almost getting up, preparing themselves to meet this visitor. They don't know who he is because he's so far away. And they, in 99% of the time, they, they would have no idea who that was. 
But this figure was dressed and covered a little different than what you would normally see in the desert. And the Bible says, watch this. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near enough to them, they conspired against him to kill him. And then they said one to another, look, the dreamer is coming. They couldn't see his face. They couldn't see his hair. They couldn't see his eyes. They couldn't see his hands. They couldn't see his skin, but they saw the coat. And the coat represented the dream. And they said, my God, we thought we was done with the dreamer and here comes the dreamer to us. Let me tell you something about the remnant. We are relentless. We are not going away. We are not sitting down. Let me tell you something. If you got a lost loved one, a remnant will not stop. You got to go get them. I don't care how far they run from you. Don't you let them get away. You got to keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep showing up. You can run from God, but God will never run from you. this good preaching here comes the dream see the thing they really didn't like about the coat and really didn't like about the dream is because I want you to write this down I want you to say it out loud the coat had a voice they couldn't they didn't know who he was in the natural if he'd have yelled at him they couldn't have heard him but something was screaming at him. The mantle speaks. The mantle goes before you. When you walk in covered in the mantle of the Holy Ghost, demons recognize you. Are y'all hearing me? Devils know you just walked in the room. The coat had a voice. And their desire was to silence the voice. See, when you're in a disobedience and when you're in rebellion, you will think, if I can end him, I can end the voice. Because it's his voice that I can't stand. But they didn't get the voice that they couldn't stand was not the voice of Joseph. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Hey, you can kill me. You can take me out. But I got news for you. Hey, that's a good thing for me. Because to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. Let me tell you something. You can kill me and put me in the ground. But the anointing that's on me and speaking through me will continue to speak and will continue to move because it ain't my voice. I got up this morning. These are my jogging shoes. These are my exercise shoes. I walked in there, had my sweats on, these shoes. I looked at my wife. I said, I I don't know what you think about this, but I just feel like I'm supposed to wear my running shoes today because I might just take off running. See, the enemy thinks if he can kill off enough people, He can stop the remnant. 
If he could kill the church, if he could kill the gathering, if he could shut buildings down, he could shut the church down. I got news for you. Number one, you ain't gonna shut all the buildings down because people are waking up, the remnant is waking up. But number two, let me tell you, you shut the buildings down, they'll get in the streets. Huh? You try to shut the streets down. You can't shut the streets down. They'll climb up in trees. Let me tell you something about the remnant. They'll go wherever they got to go because they got a mandate. I'm taking back some words. I'm taking back mandate. I'm tired of mandate being a cuss word. I'm a, I'll be honest with you, I'm, right now, I'm very, very transparent. I'm against these mandates that they're trying to put on people all around the world. I'm not, I'm not against you taking care of yourself. I'm not against any of those. I'm against the mandate. Because if you can mandate this, you can mandate that. If you can mandate that, you can mandate that. The next thing they're going to mandate is going to tell you what we're doing right now. We can't do it. Let me just tell you something right now. Your mandate will never supersede mine. I got a mandate from God. I got a mandate from God. You can't spell go with God without go. He's a go God. Come on. I've been told to go. My God said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. My God said, lift up holy hands in the sanctuary. My God said, clap your hands all your people. Shouting to God with a voice of triumph. My God said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Even the more so as you see that day approaching. My God said, preach the gospel to the poor. Open blinded eyes. My God said, freely you have received. Freely give. My God said, you shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. In my name you shall cast out devils. That's what my God said. That's my mandate. And your mandate cannot stop that mandate. I wish I had a church that had a mandate. I wish I pastored a church that believed they had a mandate from God. I'm like David when he got when the ark of the ark of the covenant came back and he danced before the Lord with all his might, and his wife said, "You look like a fool out there." You're like a commoner. You look so silly dancing before the, uh, but making a fool of yourself, stripping yourself of your royal garb and dancing among the commoners. I love what the king said. The king said, let me tell you something. Nothing you say, nothing anybody says, this is in your Bible, can stop me from praising God. Because here's what you don't get. The glory had left and the glory has returned. And this is what he told Malcolm. He said, let me tell you something, honey. I love you. You're a great mama to my kids and I love you. I want to stay married to you, but you got to understand something. You're going to stay married to me. This is what he said. It's in your Bible. He said, you think you saw something today? This is what David said in your Bible. You ain't seen nothing yet. I got a mandate to praise. I ain't got to be moved by a song. I ain't, they ain't got to be in key. I ain't got to have the words on the screen to sing unto the Lord a new song. I've been told by God, he woke me up this morning. He started me on my way. Old time of Jesus said, he been better to me than I've been to myself. So I give him all the praise.
Somebody shout, I got a voice. Shout, I am a voice. I am not an echo. Mandate, 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 mandate. That's what the church is doing. The church, on a great level, sadly, bought in to the lie. It got real quiet. Ain't it funny that the one thing that Jesus tells us in Mark chapter 16, which was our mandate, to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover is the very thing that the mandate from the world said as far as this sickness we need you church people hands off don't touch me don't get around me don't speak over me pray for me through a screen and I'll believe God for my miracle. Now I know God can do it and I know you gotta be safe and you gotta be smart. I'm not telling you get up in front of me and let me spit all over you. But I will tell you something, you can't, you can't make that say what it, anything other than what it says. Preach, that's what it said, ain't it? Lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. How about this? I grew up in a church that when you were sick, you realized I need to go to church and have somebody pray for me. Now you have a healing service and people text you before, the, I'm telling you this has happened. In this church, it's happened. I really want to be at the healing service tonight, but I'm not feeling good. I'm going to stay home tonight. I have got those texts. And, and, and the flesh side of me wants to just be like, here's your sign. It's called a healing service. Come on. But you know what? I just say, well, okay, praise God. We'll be praying for you. Because the real reality is this. If you want a miracle, you'll come get it. When you get desperate enough, you'll come get it. You'll be like the woman with the issue of blood. She tried everything. She, she spent all her money. She went to every expert. She listened to every CDC regulation. She did everything the expert said will cure your situation. But she rather grew worse. And then one day she said, you know what? She said within herself, I'm done. If I'm going out, I'm going out with a praise. If I'm going out, I'm going out in his presence. If they shut me down and stone me in the street, I'm dying anyway. My God, I need another hour. Woo! Like them, like them lepers in the Bible. It's a story in your Bible. They, they've been ostracized. They've been put in a leper colony. They've been told, you can't ever come back in the camp again. And they look up, and they've been watching this camp forever. All these people walking around. They smell the food being cooked, dreaming of one day they could ever live like that again. But they've been told, you can't ever go back. And one day, something happened, and everybody in the camp left. It's in your Bible, y'all. Everybody left. They kept watching it, kept waiting for somebody to walk out because getting a little bit closer, getting a little bit closer. And they got, they kept listening and they realized there was not a man, not a woman, not a child in the whole camp. And this is what the Bible says. One of them speaks up and says, well, ain't nobody there. Let's go eat us some steak. 
And listen to what the words of one of the lepers was. And I'm going to tell you something. If this ain't today, I don't know what is. This is what they said. Well, listen, I hear what you're saying. But we've been told that we can't ever go there. We, we can't go there. We have to stay here. Because if we go there, it's dangerous to us and to them. They'll either kill us or we may end up killing them. So we got to stay right here. And I love what one of the lepers said. This is in your Bible, man. The Bible's full of some awesome stuff. The leper looks at the other leper and says, well, in case you forgot, we're lepers. You ain't got a nose. Both my ears done fell off. I ain't got no fingers on this hand. I barely grabbed a piece of bread with this hand. And if I'm going to die and I still got three fingers, I'm going to grab me a piece of bread. You can stay here if you want to, but I'm going in. Oh, somebody ought to help me preach right now. You can stay back here if you want to, but let me tell you, we're all going to die one day. We might as well just go on in to the presence of God. We might as well. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Not yet. I'm the shepherd. Follow me. No. Just kidding. So they said, when the dreamer, before the dreamer ever got there, they'd already devised a way to stop the dream. Let's kill him and let's cast him into this pit. Now remember, it wasn't a pit. It was a well that was supposed to have water in it. So they were throwing him in an empty well. And we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. And we shall see what becomes of his dreams. See, what I want you to, what I want you to look at is we're going to kill him. We're going to strip his coat. But we're not going to tell anybody we did that. We're going to say, I don't know if y'all ready for what's about to come out of this mouth. We're going to say this is what happened. Nowadays, that's called this is going to be our narrative. And you will line up with the narrative. You will bow and you will obey. You will not say anything on a podcast, a YouTube channel, a Facebook channel that goes against the narrative that we say. Even if the narrative is an absolute lie, we got the power. You're in the pit. We're standing up here. We got the power. We got the coat now. You ain't got nothing. No one will ever know that you ever existed beyond our family. You are done. The dream is over. Your voice is silenced. And from now on, everybody, now watch this, in my father's house will speak and believe our narrative. 
So they took Joseph. They stripped him of his coat. They Watch this. I ain't got time to preach this, but you can understand where I want to go with this. They took a lamb and shed his blood and covered the coat of Joseph with the blood of a lamb. They didn't even realize what they were doing. They didn't even realize the, 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 the symbology and, and the lessons and the word and the rhema that was in that of what was to come. They ripped it up. They tore it to shreds. They didn't realize the symbolism of that as well. Jesus was beaten. He was ripped to shreds. his own brothers cried out, crucify him. That he came to be with. He said he came to the Jew first. He came to his brothers to show himself to his brothers, to feed his brothers. And his brothers stripped him naked, hung him on a cross completely naked. Not a shred of clothes. There was no loincloth across him. That's only in plays in churches. He was hanging completely naked. Shredded, beat up, and covered in the blood of a lamb. The narrative in the day of Jesus was we can't let nobody believe that he came back from the dead. We got to believe. We got to do a narrative. It's in your Bible. Here's our narrative. We're going to say, this is in your Bible. We're going to say, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. The soldier said, we're going to say we fell asleep. And while we were asleep, his disciples came and took his body away. Because if we don't say that, we'll be killed. So we got to say that. Do you understand that there are still people to this day that still say that? They still deny the resurrection and say it because it's not logical. So it's only logical that the narrative that the Roman soldiers put into play 2,000 years old, 2,000 years later, people are still speaking a false narrative. Stripped him. see him going <sighs> what did God tell you about this I don't remember you saying anything about this in your dream Woo. look at here uh-huh. oh yeah what about you what about you now don't look as pretty as it used to look it's got holes all in it you're a liar your dreams, it's dreams of a stupid little boy. Ah, those wells were deep, y'all. Water wells are deep. It hurt when he hit. Boom. It was dark. He's looking up. Brothers, what are you doing? I didn't mean it the way you think I mean it. I love you. Help me up, man. Don't do this. Don't do this. 
last word you're ever going to hear is this. I'm going back to daddy. And we're taking this. As far as he's concerned, as far as we're concerned, as far as all of our children, our grandchildren, all of our workers and helpers and everybody that lives in our house with our dad, they're all going to tell the same narrative. You are dead. You no longer have a voice. Let's see you. they didn't get I was sitting in my office desk working on this this week and I heard the Lord say what they didn't get is they thought that Joseph was wearing a coat what they didn't realize is the coat was wearing Joseph It done got down in his skin. It done got down in his DNA. They could mock. They could scream. They could pluck it apart all they want to. But in the darkness of that pit, forsaken by his brothers, injured, bleeding, he was still wearing that coat. All of the stories was a false narrative. Time to preach the rest of this. That's why I'm preaching a series. I'll try to do it next week. But watch this. Spoiler alert. If you don't know the story, he don't die. Spoiler alert. He gets, watch this. Oh, oh, y'all don't know the, oh, y'all don't know the story? Oh, yeah, he climbs out. God restores him. And he lives with his father forever and everything. No. Spoiler alert. His God caused his brothers at the last minute to pull him up by a rope and sell him into slavery. The dreamer, when they saw him walk off, he was tied like this in a, in a trail in a line of other men that had been bought along the way, head down, walking, looking back at his brothers. It's still time. Help me, man. Don't do this. I love you. I love you, brothers. Don't do this. Bye-bye. They knew. Most slaves did not survive at that point. And where they were going, they were going, he was going to end up being dead. So in their mind, when they left, they thought they justified their narrative. It might not have happened exactly the way we're going to tell it. But he's good as dead. See, if you're not careful, you will find yourself justifying your narrative. Because there might be a little bit of truth in there, but a whole lot of lies. We live in a world today where people want to tell you their truth. They're living their truth. You have people that are telling you, you know, and be bold with you. I told you, you better be prepared for what's going to come out of my, this mouth sometime. You got people that are born a boy, grows up as a young man, has all the things that comes with that. But their truth is, 
No matter what I see, no matter what my blood tells me, no matter what my DNA tells me, no matter what my chromosomes tell me, my truth is I am not anything what I look like. God made a mistake in me. God don't make mistakes. I'm not trying to be critical if you're struggling with that. I'm just telling you, the same God that that heals people and forgives people for struggling with pornography, with with uh, adultery, with all kinds of things can also help you and deliver you from a false narrative. You have a world trying to tell you that you're something that you're not. And your truth may be your truth in your mind, but your truth, and bottom line, let me just say this, I don't care if you're a believer in Holy Ghost full of fire of God, your truth is still not God's truth because your ways are not his ways. There's only one truth, the truth. If this shirt is a black shirt, the truth is about this shirt, it's black. Now some of you say, well, actually, it's a very deep shade of charcoal. If you looked at the color palette. Okay. I'm, I'm through. I'm almost through. I'm through. I'm almost through. Did y'all hear that? Get ready. Get ready, Alex. Where you at? Get ready. You got to do everything you got to do in two minutes. Watch this. So he goes back. The brothers go back. And as they're walking in, their father says, good to see you, son. Did you see your brother Joseph? Where is he? I sent him to you. I don't see him with you. They had rehearsed it all the way home. Guys, we've got to make sure we're on the same page. We're in the same story. Somebody asks you this. This is what we say. This is what we say. Don't say anything else other than that. We've got to, we've got to be on the same page. Where's your brother? Father, it breaks my heart to tell you. He's gone. And watch this. That coat represented so much of the favor of his father that when he saw it ripped to shreds and he saw the blood on it, the Bible said God's man who was named Israel which tells me I don't care who you are. If you're not focused, you'll fall for a narrative. If you're not flowing in the narrative of what God said. He looked at it and he says, my son is dead. How will I live? So time goes on and we move into next week and that is what hap- this is what happens. All the way up, major spoiler alert, to the very end when the dream becomes fulfilled. Decades has gone by. And the brothers are standing there before Joseph. They had told the narrative for so long. They had finally believed it. They could not see the truth right in front of them because they had told the narrative for so long. What of your brothers? Our youngest brother is still at home and our other brother is dead. He's dead. He's dead. And Joseph heard that. And Joseph was reminded of the dream. 
Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I'm going to close with this statement. When Joseph was sitting on the throne right next to Pharaoh, he was clothed in Egyptian gold. He had a crown. He had his, his forearms. His, his legs were shielded with gold plates. Jewels all over his body was sitting in a golden, on a golden throne with a scepter to his side. He was the right-hand man of the most powerful man on the earth. And when his brothers looked at him and when everyone else looked at him, that's what they saw. But when Joseph looked at himself in the mirror, he saw a coat. It was still there. I'm going to tell you something. There's some people in this house that's been told the dream is dead, been told to shut up, been told that your situation ain't ever going to change and you have been thrown away and dropped and broken by the people that should have been there for you. I'm come from God to tell you today and to remind you that the pit and the prison and the palace, it don't matter what you go through in your life, none of it takes away what God has put on you. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. Stand up on your feet all over this house right now and say, Jesus, I am covered. I know who I am in God. I will not believe the lie. If that is you, if that is you, you've been, you feel like you've been in a pit, you're ready to come out of that pit. Today is your redemption. Today is the day that you slide that jacket back on with confidence. Today you leave here with forgiveness, with inspiration in your life instead of de depression. I want you to run to these altars right now. Run to these altars right now. Run, run, run to these altars right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. My God, I feel like there's more than this. I feel like, listen, you wanna stay in the pit? You wanna stay in the pit? Don't stay in that pit. Don't stay in that pit. Don't stay in that pit. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. You go back home and you, you go back home to a pit experience. You, back, you go back home to a dropped experience. You, you go back home to a dead dream experience. Ain't my fault. Ain't God's fault. It's because you chose to go back home that way. Because right now God said he wants to set you free right now. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? My God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I ain't worried about the time. I ain't worried about the time. We're going to old school church. We're going back to old school. We don't worry about the time. We're going to be as respectful as we can. We're going to let God move in this house. If we're going to gather in the midst of this narrative, we might as well go all in. We might, we might as well just go ahead and have Holy Ghost experience, life changing, souls being saved, bodies being healed, people being delivered, demons being cast out every time we come together. If we're gonna come together, we might as well go all in. I'm telling you, the people that's going to church today ain't looking for patty cakes. The people that's attending the gathering right now ain't looking for programs, ain't looking for prettiness, demonstration of entertainment. Look at me set free. Three seconds and I'm gonna pray for these people. One, two, three. Father, in the name of Jesus. I don't know why y'all back there. Get up here, quick. Father, in the name of Jesus. Shadaboko. 
in the name of Jesus nothing needs to be said but the name of Jesus whom the son has set free is free indeed in the name of Jesus bring them a couple steps forward y'all bring them a couple steps forward in the name of Jesus 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 are you here for prayer you pray in the name of Jesus now you raise your hands if you had hands laid on you and you begin to receive it now. You begin to receive it. You may, you may still be looking up from the pit, but your perspective is going to change today. Because the, the pit experience, if you're, as what you're in, is not supposed to be what you're allowing it to be. It's, it's, it's developing something in you. Praise Him right now in whatever situation you're in. Pit, prison, or palace. Praise Him right now for victory. Praise Him right now for victory. Praise Him right now for destiny. Praise Him right now for purpose. Praise Him right now for your healing. A sound mind. A sound mind. Here's the narrative we're going to speak. Here's the narrative that we're going to tell. If your narrative is opposed... To this narrative, I don't want your narrative. I don't want your narrative. That woman with the issue of blood, she said within herself, if I could touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be made whole. Can I tell you something that you might not ever thought about? She still had to follow through with it, and she had so much expectation that God felt something pull out of her. He said, who touched me? I felt virtue pull out of me. Let me tell you something about that woman. Her miracle did not begin when she touched Jesus. Her miracle is when she said, I already know that if I'll just do what God's put on my heart to do, I will not live with this for the rest of my life. When she said it within herself, she saw herself. Even though she's still in the pit, she was praising her way out of that pit. She was pushing her way out of that pit. Next week, he comes out of the pit. He's like, man, this is awesome. I'm out of the pit. And God says, well, not through working. We got a few more detours in the natural. But don't believe what you see. Know that wherever you put, wherever you're locked up, no matter who's got the key on the other side. You're still wearing the coat. Come here, Alex. 
You can worship back to your seat. And those that are standing behind, would you just tap them on the back? Tell them that you're proud of them, those that just came up for prayer. As soon as service is over with, I've got 101 that I'll be meeting for those that have signed up. I think we have room for two more people. If you did not sign up to join our church, you're welcome to come in as soon as service. I'll be teaching that class. And we got room for two more if you hadn't signed up. And that's it. But here's what I want to say. I need to meet with any man that considers this church to be your church right over there by Brother Hutch in that corner for two minutes at the end of this service. Every man that calls this their church right over there for two minutes. So, son, I want you to just, let's serve them and tithe. You can be seated. We're going to serve you in our tithing offering. Uh, and and then we're going to finish with our announcements, but I want, to, I want to make that announcement that, give me the date again, Ray, for our men's, our iron men. What? What? 20, 25th of February, Friday night, right? 6.30 p.m., Iron Men, Iron Men. Y'all might think that's what I'm about to talk to you about, but it ain't. Iron Men, we're going to gather, we're going to have food, we're going to have some of our praise team members are going to be speaking. All the men need to be there. I need to talk to the men about something else. So you serve and tithe an offering, and then what will happen, instead of music, we'll watch the announcements during... Well, let's, let's give people time to get back to their seats. And then as soon as they get back to their seats, we'll fire the announcements and then we'll dismiss in prayer today. We ain't worried about the fact it's 1208. It's really going to work to your advantage when you get to the restaurant. Come on. I'm telling you, I'm helping you. Because all them church folk will be gone. All right, you'll get, you'll get the place to yourself. Praise God.